Hey friends, welcome to Anchored In Always. I'm Katie Thornhill, and I've been through the storms of marriage infidelity, drug and alcohol addiction of a loved one, and even loss of a child to cancer. In this podcast, I will share with you how to place healthy boundaries in your relationships, how to recover from past hurts using the principles of Christian recovery, and how to find healing even in the loss of a loved one, so that you can live a life of joy and purpose despite your circumstances. If you're ready to find freedom and victory, then join me on a journey of soul restoration as we anchor into Jesus. So pull your hair back, strap on your boots, and grab your Bible, and let's weather this storm. Welcome back to Anchored and Always. Um, I'm so excited for today's episode. I have my sweet friend, Nancy, Nancy Buckwhite. Did I say that right? Okay. Nancy Buckwhite. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Nancy Buckwhite on the show today. And I just realized in talking to her that I've said her last name wrong all this time. <laughs> um, so that's kind of funny. But um, she is the sweetest woman of God. And I had the privilege of meeting her years ago, um, several times. I would. Um, she was helping assist teaching in a class at Marcus's preschool when he was little. And I would drop him off there um, and just meet her at a glance. But we got to talk a little bit more and know each other at a mutual friend's house when I was um, doing V-Bella. It's an artisan made jewelry. And my friend was hosting a party and Nancy came to that party and I got to chat with her a little bit more. And then I believe she hosted a party from that party. And yes, and it was a tea party theme. It was so awesome. (laughs) And and I got to talk to her and meet her sweet family actually more at that party because that was at her house. And um, one of the things that I'm just so amazed at is that was years ago. And we both never knew, of course, what was going to happen in our futures that would ultimately bring our paths together in a, in a much different way. Um, and so it's through suffering that we've both experienced very similar suffering, suffering that, um, I do believe that that was God's hand in even intersecting our paths earlier so that he knew what was before us. He knew what was before us and that we would need each other, um, to really bring encouragement and comfort during really dark, um, hard seasons for both of us. Some, which she's going to explain here in a moment, um, her story and share her story with you. Um, but I just think that's beautiful how God works in that way. Not that either one of us would ask for that. Um, but we are thankful that, um, we have each other. And, um, I know as a mother, um, who's experienced loss of a child, um, it sometimes feels like, Uh, very isolating. Um, There's not a lot of people in my circle of friends that have experienced this type of loss. And so you can feel very alone. And so I'm so thankful um, that, that I have Nancy to talk to and that she has me to talk to, even though um, I know neither of us would wish this on anybody else. And I'm thankful that she's also a believer in Jesus. So with that, I'm just going to um, go ahead and have Nancy introduce herself, share a little bit about her and her story with us. So Nancy, um, go ahead and introduce yourself to the listener today. Yeah, well, thank you, Katie. Thanks for inviting me on today. Um, So yeah, my name is Nancy. Um, I'm married to Adam, and I'm a mom of two. Emmy is in heaven with Jesus and is more restored now than she ever was on earth. And um, Rose is a bundle of energy that keeps me on my toes here. Um, So, oh, um, Katie, when you were saying it's isolating being a mom who's lost a child, 
Um, something that I've been thinking about recently is that there's not a word for us. Um, when you have lost a spouse, you're a widow. Um, when you've lost or a widower and, but when you've lost a child, there's not a name for that. And so I always find myself stumbling over how to explain who I am when, um, when I meet someone new and they ask simple questions that are harmless and, you know, just normal. When you meet someone at the playground, do you have any other kids? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, but she's in heaven and, um, and I don't want to not talk about her either. And so it is a tricky thing to navigate, but anyway, I'll start at the beginning of our story with Emmy. Um, so about a year into Marcus's illness, um, Emmy had a cold that was going on for a long time and, um, she had been sick for, I think probably a month. And then, um, she spiked a fever. And so I decided to take her into her doctor, the walk-in clinic the next morning. I figured, um, we would just be walking away with antibiotics, you know, that she had gotten a secondary infection or something, um, but that we would finally get past this cough. And, um, um, the, the physician was very thorough and, um, kind of somber, um, and ordered, um, lots of extra tests that day, which was surprising, but, um, they had us come back to the room and I was just there by myself with, with Emmy and Rose and, um, they, she had me sit down and just told me that her white blood count was way off the charts and mm -hmm. that most of the time when they saw blood counts like this, it meant leukemia. Um, and I was just totally shocked. I had no idea that that's, that could happen to my Emmy. Um, cancer was never, ever on the radar. Um, and so she told me I need somebody to come be with me um, and that I would need someone to come help with Rose. And so I called Adam and had to deliver the news over the phone to him. And of course he came right away and they told us that we had to go um, straight to the hospital in Nashville. And um, so that's where our story began. And um, I remember driving to Nashville and Adam and I crying most of the way and calling our parents um, to let them know and um, to also have help with Rose. And um, they, I remember talking with Adam about Emmy's beginning of life because she started off rough as well. She was born really early and was in the NICU and had to be sent by ambulance from our hospital here to Nashville where, when I couldn't go. And, um, and I just remember that when we were in the NICU room hovering over her bed, we didn't know if she was going to survive then. And I remember that we prayed and um, just told God, like, she's yours and she was yours first. 
and thank you for the time that we've had with her even if it's short we'll trust you with her life Mm -hmm. and then we were driving back to that same hospital but with a different diagnosis this time and um and a scarier one yeah um you know both of us had experience with sick kids in our childhood um family friends and so I thought that Emmy was going to be dead in two weeks I I I didn't think I had any time left um because we didn't know how bad things were yet so so that's how everything started Wow. Um, that brings back a lot of memories, of course, for me too, um, with our journey. And I think, you know, that's uh, honestly pretty much every parent's worst fear, um, is getting that diagnosis, getting that call. And, um, and I remember feeling the same way when the doctor told us, um, that that MRI showed there was a mass in his brain and it was, um, the biopsy came back and it was cancer. And I felt the same way. And I felt this desperation of, um, uh, he's going to be gone very soon. Um, and you know, it's almost just too shocking, too surreal to really process. I think as a parent in that moment, when you hear that news, um, you almost feel like, you're just, um, a robot for a little bit, like, mm-hmm. um, everything just kind of goes numb a little bit. And you, you know, you still have to take care of your other children and you still have to, you know, move forward, but you've just heard this devastating news that's changing the course of your life. And you don't know the outcome, you know, we, you, we don't know, we didn't know, and you didn't know mm-hmm. how much time we had left or if God was going to miraculously heal our children, this side of heaven, which of course is, um, any parent's prayer when you get that news is mm-hmm. just crying out to God. Um, I know they're yours, but please give me more time, you know, give me more time. Um, so I definitely hear you and all of that. And, um, I was wondering if you would share with the listener today, how did you and Adam, um, find the strength during this next, um, year? Was it a year that she, was it about a year that she survived? Yeah. How did you guys find the strength over that next year? Um, you know, to hold on to your faith and anchor into Jesus during that battle and that and that difficult time. Um, so we um, we found strength through um, prayer, um, just really crying out to God with the things that we were feeling, and um, and we also spent time in His Word. And um, early on, um, when Emmy. And it sounds weird, but she was relatively healthy, which it means, I don't know, I guess other cancer parents might understand, but more so that her immune system wasn't at risk so much um, because sometimes with the treatments, their immune system gets obliterated. But I was still able to be around other people without worrying about getting sick so much. And so just being with other believers, um, I was able to continue meeting regularly um, with some women and, um, who were keeping me accountable for things like, um, like reading God's word, even in the midst of it. And it started to look different, certainly. Um, but it was so important to be, um, saturated in God's word. Um, and then as we went through treatment and treatments made her sicker and, um, we just needed more support 
we, um, you know, a lot of people would send me messages and the best ones had scripture in them and let me know that they were thinking about me and praying for me and specific things, but also the ones that I knew I didn't have to respond to, mm-hmm. um, because I was so weary, um, just bone tired, um, emotionally and even physically and spiritually. Um, I just, I needed people to hold up my hands. I needed people to bring me water to drink. You know, it was, um, and people did, God provided the people, um, to pour into me and, and keep me going through that time. Yes. Um, I know I agree with you. Um, just support, um, community support was so, um, instrumental in our journey as well. Um, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know how we would have made it through without all of our uh, family and friends and sisters and brothers in Christ that just rallied alongside of our family um, and did the same thing. Um, and I think prior to that, I, I tended to be a very independent person, um, very self-sufficient and I've got this, I'm in control. Um, and when you go through something like this, you realize um, how much you need people and that God wired us that way. You really wired us to live in community and need people. And I think if there's anything, you know, good that can come from, from hardships like this, that was one thing that good that came from it for me personally was beginning to realize that I couldn't do this life by myself and that God didn't intend for me to. Um, so not only do did I need him, like you said, you know, I needed to dig into his, his word. And I needed the constant reminders from scripture that were foundational truths that I could cling to because, you know, like this whole podcast theme, um, I felt like I was in the middle of the ocean and waves were crashing all around me. And I felt scared and, um, uncertain and, and had all these feelings and I needed to anchor into something, um, that, that I could hold on to when everything else around me was, was falling away or uncertain and scary. Um, and that's what God's word did for me as well. Um, and so I found great comfort in that. Um, and like you, the people that would share, um, verses with me and God's word with me, I did, um, that was the most helpful for me as well. Um, what about, uh, did you have times or your husband even have times of doubt, um, anger, maybe unbelief even, um, and how did you deal with those feelings, those, those strong feelings as a believer during this time? Um, what would you say to that? Yes, definitely. Um, all of the above. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think of specific examples, but, um, I'll talk about anger first. Um, what sticks out to me most is, is recent more recent, um, anger and grief after losing Emmy. Um, and anger is something that I felt like at first was, you know, like always a sin, like you can't be angry Mm -hmm. at God. And I remember people telling me specifically, don't be angry at God. You can't be angry at God. That's wrong. And then when I found myself angry at God, that, Emmy wasn't here for the future that I had pictured her in. Um, I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't know what to do with those emotions when I felt angry that God had taken her away. 
and I wondered, well, do I really have faith? Like, am I really a Christian if I'm angry right now? But I am. I am angry that um, that I'll, I never got to put together bunk beds for them. Um, and that was something that Emmy was looking forward to for her fifth birthday. And, um, and what I've come to discover as I've studied God's word um, is that anger is the right response to brokenness. Mm. Um, it's wrong that the world is broken. Um, and as I studied anger, I found where um, at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, Cain was angry with God and um, he God approached him in his anger and and welcomed him to to change his heart um to come close to God that he warned him about his anger that it would possess him like it would control him and it would lead to things that he would regret and instead of coming close to God in his anger he let that anger fester into bitterness and hatred and it led to killing his brother Abel um but then I see other people in scripture like Job and David who cried out to God um and they told God what was wrong in their lives they were angry they felt those emotions and yet they drew near to God in their anger Mm -hmm. instead of letting it fester into bitterness and keeping it to themselves and not doing something with their anger to get it out. And so um, just knowing that I can come to God, even in my anger has been really healing um, for me as well, that I don't have to, you know, deal with anger on my own um, and, you know, figure that by myself and then come back to God, but that I can, um, I can approach him even with that and he's not going to turn me away and he wants to be a part of that and and he wants to help heal that too. Okay. Yes, Nancy. Um, there is so much that I can relate to with what you just said on anger. Um, and I did, um, an episode earlier in this podcast on the process of lament, because I felt the same way as you as a believer. Um, I wondered, am I justified in my anger? Like, who am I? to question God, but I do feel these feelings. And yet I, it, I know that, that he is God. And I feel like that part of my anger is because I do believe that he has all authority and sovereignty and power. And my faith is strong in that. Um, I know that he could have said the word and changed our situation. And so the anger for me comes in um, the why, why not Marcus or why not Emmy? Um, you know, why would you allow, um, me to experience this suffering? Um, and so wrestling with that anger, but I think it's important what you said, um, is not that we're angry so much, but how we respond in our anger. Um, it has the, we can either be bitter or better, and we can take that anger and do something with it. Um, but most importantly, turn to God with it. Um, cause a lot of times I see, um, as Josh and I do recovery ministry, we see how, 
um, people get hurt by lots of different things in their life and, and they turn to drugs or alcohol or um, inappropriate relationships, um, all sorts of different things. They turn away from God. They become so angry at God that they decide in that moment, I'm going to do what makes me happy um, because obviously, God, you, you aren't going to make me happy. And sometimes it's a day to day, you know, sometimes, like you said, the anger um, still comes, uh, you know, a, a memory or a video will pop up and I'll feel sadness. And then sometimes that sadness will turn to anger. Why, you know, why God? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, so I sometimes have to daily make that choice of turning to him. Okay. I'm upset right now. And then I cry out to him. I turn to him. I complain to him even like, God, why? And this hurts too bad. And this costs me too much. I see you working through it, but it just costs me too much. I'm not strong enough for this. I just share with my heavenly father, my heart in that pain and lay it all at his feet. Then, um, I ask for what I need from him you know, because I can, I'm his daughter. I have a personal relationship. You're his daughter. You have a personal relationship. So I call, crawl in his lap and I cry and I say, heavenly father, I need for you to comfort me as only you can comfort me. I need for you to give me peace that surpasses all understanding. I need for you to help me take this next breath because right now it's hard to breathe. You know, I need, and you ask for what you need from him. And then ultimately we trust we trust, we have, we turn back to the foundational truths of the Bible and we trust that just because we don't feel good, just because our outcome wasn't good, um, that he is good, that it doesn't change who God is and his character. And we cling to that and we trust that, um, you know, we have the promise of heaven and that this life isn't it for us and we will see our babies again. And like you said, when at the very beginning, they are both fully restored. Um, and I know that doesn't, we want them in our arms right now. That doesn't always fill that void of that ache of just wanting to see their little faces and hold them and touch them and hear their voices. But we do have that, that promise that they're okay. They're more than okay. And that we'll be with them again. And I know that that gets me through, um, some of those deep, hard waves of grief. Um, so I wanted to ask you to, uh, what, you did share some verses. Were there any other scripture verses that, that you and your husband kind of cling to or, um, anything that, that helped you guys spiritually, um, through this, even now, even now, as you're grieving, what are some things that you guys are doing to, to get through the grief of losing, um, Emmy and just grieving? Um, so there wasn't like a specific verse that we clung to, um, during the entire treatment, it was kind of um, just rotating through different things that we were reading in scripture that encouraged us. Um, and I also spent a lot of time reading the Psalms when Emmy was sick, but also um, especially afterwards. And what I came to realize was that I needed the Psalms because they were they were speaking the same language that my heart was speaking, which was lament. And I didn't really put that together. Um, and a friend had given me a book, um, a few months before Emmy passed away, just about lament from She Reads Truth called Morning and Dancing. And so I had started learning about lament and it was really changing how I prayed and interacted with God. And they taught me using the Psalms how to identify how to call out to God and and 
So um, I, I just found myself spending a lot of time in the Psalms after um, Emmy passed away and yeah. Definitely the Psalms are like some of the greatest examples of lamenting, of how to lament. Um, uh, what what are some something positive? Is there anything in your life going on right now, or direction that you're heading that's giving um, that maybe out of what you've gone through that that God is um, using to help you in your um, healing? Anything that He's doing in your life that you want to share? Yeah, well, I think one of the biggest changes in my own life, one of the gifts I've been given um, through this awful experience, um, has been that I long for and anticipate heaven in ways that I never did before Emmy passed away. Um, before when Emmy was alive, um, I thought about heaven, uh, enough to know that that is where I was going to be someday with Jesus because of my faith in him. And, but I was really focused on life on earth instead. Um, and now I, I want to learn more about the place where she is, and I want to know more about the heaven that God is making and that will, um, that I'll go to someday. And, but there's just so much hope and comfort in that, that this broken world isn't the end. Um, and there are so many things that God intended to be perfect from the beginning that we broke and he's going to restore all of them. And so I just, I can't wait for that restoration. Um, and it's also me telling people about that hope so much more urgent. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to be really comfortable just hanging out with other Christians. And now I ache with those who are aching and wondering, does God hear me? Mm. Because I've asked that question too. And does God really care? Because these awful things are happening. And the answer is yes, he does care. And yes, his heart does break with ours. And I'm finding that out for myself in a brand new way. Um, so I, I don't know. So I, I'm just so much more passionate about my faith now because it is being refined. Um, and I guess some things that are happening out of that are that I'm starting to write more. Yeah. Um, it's always been something that has been a part of me. Um, but I never thought what I had to say was worth anything. I always thought, well, and sometimes I still do think <laughs> that somebody else has said this better than I can say it. And so why share my story? Why share my words? Why be a part of telling anybody what I've experienced? And I've just been reminded over and over again by God that he asks me to give back to him what I've been given. And, and just like the little boy who had a lunch that he shared, God was able to multiply that and feed who we needed to feed. And so 
I've started a blog and um, and I'm getting better at being consistent with posting on it. <laughs> it's been a learning curve, I'll be honest. And also it's just been like a real roller coaster personally with grief. So sometimes it's hard to write and then share it. So um, yeah, so I'm learning, I'm writing more and maybe someday that'll turn into a book, but we'll see. Um, for now, it's just been really good to process everything and um, to record what I'm learning about faith through this whole thing. Oh, man, I love all of that. Um, and you know, agree with you, too, in what you're saying that um, I think I definitely long for heaven um, as well in a way that I never have. And it has given me um, more of a heart for um, the, the person that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, because I cannot imagine going through what we've been through without my faith. And um, I, I did see many times in the waiting room, um, you know, couples that would be together that there wasn't a peace. There was, there was, you could see the look in their eye um, in their eyes. And um, it broke my heart. It broke my heart that they were enduring what we were enduring, but they didn't necessarily have um, that close intimate relationship with Jesus, um, or it didn't appear that they did. And, and, it, and I want, um, so now I feel more called. I feel that, you know, God allows us sometimes to go through trials so that we can be a comfort to other people. And his ultimate goal is more people being drawn to him and in relationship with him. And I think prior to this, you know, we look at everything in a, a lens, a peephole lens of, you know, just our existence here. And yet our, you know, God is looking at the, the in, you know, the wider lens of, of beginning and the end. And he's looking at all things and how they work together, uh, but not just for our good here on this earth, because that's just a vapor. That's just a small amount of time, but um, our ultimate good and humanity's ultimate good. And his glory. And so sometimes that doesn't feel good here in this brokenness of this life. And so like you going through everything we've gone through has definitely given me more compassion for hurting broken people, um, a longing for heaven and an excitement for, um, you know, a day where there will be no more suffering, crying, um, mourning, um, and we will be in his presence. Um, so yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more on all of that. And, and I definitely believe that there's purpose to our pain, um, that as we grieve that God will use it, um, that he doesn't waste a hurt. I truly believe that. Um, and that's why I share our story, um, through this podcast and other ways. Um, because I don't, I don't want everything that we went through and everything Marcus went through, um, to be in vain. You know, um, I want to do whatever my part is as his mother, as a child of God, as a daughter of the King to, um, take this hurt and make something more from it. Um, and I know I don't have full control of that, but I'm going to do my part and it, you know, and, and you're doing your part mm -hmm. and that's all we can do. Um, and there's comfort to that. There's comfort to that. Uh, well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Nancy. I appreciate it so much. And um, your willingness to just open and share from your pain and suffering um, and just be a comfort to somebody else listening today who's struggling as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. Um, you are, yes, you're welcome. And if you're listening today and you um, would like to hear more about the process of lament, um, 
There is an episode earlier on that on the process of lament, and I'm also going to include a link to a download that that gives you the steps of uh, lament in the show notes. So um, you can check that out there. And I will also share the link to Nancy's blog. So if you're interested in keeping up with her writing, that'll be in the show notes as well. So in closing, would you mind just praying a prayer over the listener today um, just to close out the episode? Absolutely. Be my honor. Dear God, I thank you for each listener um, today. I pray that you would meet them exactly where they are, that you would show them that you care, even though everything around them hurts. God, I just pray that even in their sorrow, even in their abandonment, um, even in their loss, God, that you would be so close to them. Um, God, that you would reveal yourself to them, that as they open your word, that you would speak to them. I pray that you would provide a support of other people around them to go to, to find encouragement. Um, I pray that there would be people who can point them to your word, who can show them who you are, even when, especially when it's too hard to find that themselves. Um, and God, I just pray that you would bring freedom, um, that as we trust you, that we would just find newness in you. We love you so much, God. Thank you that you never leave us, even in the dark. In your son's name. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it and would like to connect and learn more, join our community on Facebook at Anchored In Always. I will put the group link in the show notes. You can also email me at katie at anchoredinalways.com. Lastly, I want to bring this message of hope and healing to as many hurting people as possible. So help me spread the love by sharing this podcast on your social media outlets. Another way you can do this is to take a quick minute and subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you for anchoring in with me today. God bless you as you weather your storms.